Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 80 of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. My name is Mark Stevenson from Coldesi. And Mark Vila here from Coleman and & Company. And today, we're going to talk about uh, big accounts. Yep. We're specifically, we're talking about um, how, to be- how to get big accounts when opportunity knocks for big deals. That's a great title. Yeah, it's a but, great but title. I, but I feel like we should just take a moment and recognize that it's episode 80. Yeah. Because I feel like I should tell a story about before refrigeration where it's the like milk guy used to come and <laughs> deliver milk, you know, or ice or something like that. It's a good amount of episodes. If this is the first time that you're listening, um, I you can feel free to start here if this is relevant to you, but there's a whole lot of other episodes out there to listen to, so I recommend you kind of scroll back and you find... Um, I don't think it got good to like 20. Really? Yeah. I think like episode seven was one of our seven? best. Oh, I don't even is. remember what that was about. I just like that. I just, <laughs> I just like picked that number because I figure. No, actually, even since episode one, I think they've all um, they've all been great and they've had their right the right place. We've just gotten more experience. It's true. Yeah. That, that's very true. So today we're talking about um, big accounts. Yep. We're talking about when the you get a phone call from a fairly large organization maybe in your area uh, a university yeah you know um a, a uti- like the electric uh, company yeah the electric company you know, water I mean, yeah somebody that's significantly bigger than you not not just um not just a company where the owner is calling you but a company where you've got they probably have a procure procurement procurement purchasing department they have a purchasing procurement department where there's actually there's somebody who calls and gets quotes and they can there's multiple people involved and you have to figure out how to properly handle that because it doesn't matter how much the the purchaser likes you often yeah as a matter of fact if the president or the owner of the company um, is calling you directly it's by definition not going to be that big of an opportunity right because if they have time to call then they're not running that big of a company Right. So, um, but I will, I will tell you a couple things. And, and the first thing is why we're talking about this today. All right. Okay. So what inspired this today is, uh, is that Coldesi, we're a pretty big company in this business. Um, but uh, a year ago we started in um, the UV business as well. If you haven't seen our incessant emails on the compress UV printer and what it can do, you should definitely look at that because uh, it's an amazing machine. It does a lot of different stuff. But we're getting the attention of some very big companies. And by big, I mean international sporting goods companies that you would recognize the name. And we've been learning that, um, you know, most of the time we're talking up to folks like you that are, you know, it's a, it's a small shop or you're just getting into business. Or maybe you've got kind of a regional online fulfillment business. Um, you're our customer right now. Yeah, I mean, 100 employees or less, mm-hmm. you know, like within that range, which is probably a lot of your customers as well. Right. Um, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, more than likely you are um, you're about to start or you own a customer apparel business and you probably have less than 100 employees yourself and your customers probably have less than 100 employees. Right. So so normally when you call us, you know, whether it's for a digital heat effect system or a DTG printer or something like that, we know that we are talking to the person that's probably going to make the decision or that person's husband, 
Yeah. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be one or the other. Maybe it's a small group. So you know that is it's it's a pretty good conversation to have because you know we know that everything we tell you is gonna go into the decision making process. All the videos that you see and the literature that you read and the podcasts you listen to from us, they're all going to you, the decision maker, that's going to decide what they're going to do next. Yeah, it's like you're yourself and a business partner, or there's three people, or maybe the owner um, isn't right. terribly involved. However, they they rely heavily on you know maybe the two or three of you that run the business. Right, but if if the University of Tennessee calls, or if um, the world's biggest hockey stick manufacturer calls. And, um, and you're, now you're on the phone with the person that somebody else told to get the information. Yeah. Right? So if, if you're dealing with a big university and you get uh, an RFQ or a request for quote for, you know, 1,000 or 1,200 shirts every 90 days, the, the person that sent you that quote is not making the decision. Right? They're not going to be the ones that, um, that says, yes, I'm going to do business with you. Because someone told them to go get that information. Yeah. And the person that told them to go to get that information might be gathering that information for somebody else. So it's a much more complicated process when you're dealing with a big company, kind of related to the opportunity. Right? If you're if somebody's gonna buy one machine, one piece of equipment, they're gonna buy um, a dozen or fifty custom t shirts. Um, the person that you're talking to is making the decision usually. Yep. Um, if somebody's gonna buy a thousand a month, then probably you're not talking to the person that's going to yeah, make the decision. Yeah, and, and you and the first one of the first steps is kind of determining that. Right. You know, um, even though they are a really large organization, so the, it, it gets complicated. So I think the first step is maybe um, it might just be kind of figuring out who is making the decision. Yeah, right? and, and the reason I think that is because. There are really large organizations, multi-international organizations that subset out and they subset and subset and subset out decision making where there's divisions of Coca-Cola that operate locally here that decisions for a lot of the things they do, including promotional items, are made on a local yeah, level. Right. So when they're calling up, you're actually just talking to, even though they work for Coca-Cola and that's who's going to write the check, they really are just operating a shop that is... Yeah. Um, 50 people. That's a good distinction. Right. So it's kind of just, you need to make that first, is this, I know it's a big brand, it's a big company, yeah. are they making a decision like a big company, or am I just talking to the person who just has a credit card in their pocket and they have to make a choice? Right. So that's probably the first step is is making that first rift on, even though they are a big company, how are they making the decision? Right. And that goes to kind of like, you know, this, this list of questions that you should ask if you have a big opportunity in front of you. You know, um, one difference is if you get a small company that's interested in buying a dozen shirts, you know, you're going to do your best to get that order while they're on the phone. Mm -hmm. If you get a large organization that is looking for a large quantity of, of clothing, you kind of want to slow down that process as much as you can because you want to collect a lot of information before you send them a sample or give them a price, right? So um, one of the first questions that you're going to ask okay. is... Okay, let's, let's go. we got a great list here. Yeah, definitely. Is um, how are you going to make the decision on what company to go with? So so what is it? Is it, is it going to be 
um, the price? Is it going to be the quality of the shirt? Yeah, the delivery time. Right. Is it going to be delivered? Is it is it none of those things? And it's just availability of you personally to help if there's a problem. You know, maybe customer service is their hot button. So finding out some of these things like um, why are you, you know, like like you had said kind of when we were talking about it. Yeah. Like the University of, of Tampa has bought hats before. Yes. Yeah, if you're talking with a large organization, a big company, and they contact you because maybe you're local to their area, yep. um, when they did a Google search, they found you or they saw your a sign or or you know them, you know you kind of yep. know somebody within the organization, uh, you know through networking or a friend of a friend, and you know oh yeah I know somebody that's in purchasing for this really large company, I'm going to give them your information. So they contact you, but it's not the first time they've bought shirts. Right. It's not the first time they've bought hats, but they are speaking with you again. So right. why? Um, maybe every year they have to get three quotes. Yeah. And they're always going to go with that first person. It's so disappointing when that yeah. happens. And I think we see that a lot on the custom apparel startups group. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the, uh, a new business comes in and they get that call from a local school system that wants you to outfit all of the employees for the county schools. Um, and they don't pause. The, the immediate question is, well, what should I quote? This yeah. is what they want. Says, well, you know, why are they sending this out to, out to bid? You know, uh, because like Mark said, it's not the first time that they've done this. You know, so what happened? Are they required to get new pricing? You know, every every year or every two years or whatever the cycle is. Um, and are they just using you so they can check a box to say that they got three quotes? Yeah. You know, and in that case, you don't want to spend any time on it at all. Yeah, so it's kind of just, oh, I have to get new pricing. So you, have you been, you, and you find out. And the thing is, is when you're talking to some of these people, especially when, especially when you're dealing with like uh, a request for a quote or an RFQ, you can deal with a very, like a cold fronted person. Yeah. Just for, I need to get a quote on this. Okay, well, I just need to get a quote on it. Okay, so you're going to have to, you, one of the best things you can do is this person probably knows a lot of information. Right. They've made this decision before. They've seen other things. They've got everything in front of them. They're holding all the cards in their hand. Yes. And all they re they know that they can just call companies up and say, "This is all I need. I don't know that. This is all I need." Right. And that and that most of the time after the second breakdown or the second wall put up, yeah. you know, um, you assume it's not going to be broken down, and you just you just go and you try to you spend hours and hours trying to make a quote. What's the best price? Calling yeah. Sanmar. What's my price on five hundred? You know, polos yeah. a day. You know, things like that. When you never had a chance. Right. So what you need to do is you have to try to break the wall down on that person a little bit. Right. Slow the conversation down with them. Try to see if you could build a rapport. You know, um, you know, whatever. Empathize with them. All the things that we've talked about in other podcasts. Yeah. Get the information from that person. If they just turn around and say, oh, yeah, we've used the same company for 10 years. We just have to get new quotes every year. Are you out? Chances are, if they use the same company for 10 years, they probably have a if nothing's broken nothing's yeah. broken they that company probably has ingrained in a really low margin yeah you know more than likely on this product um and they've got all the designs done so they can afford to do it cheaper i mean there's a lot of things to consider so you've got to put that you've got to kind of put that on your mind when do you not when do you just not waste your time on right it? so so you know if you get that rfq in uh, you know and you and you start asking these questions before you give somebody a price and the first one is going to be, or maybe the first one is going to be, you can tailor this to your to your own uh, personality and your own methods. How are you doing this now, and where are you getting it done? 
And you can even say it just like Mark Vila did. And you could even say, you know, obviously this isn't the first time you bought shirts. Yeah, yeah, you that's know, great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not the first time you bought shirts. Tell me, you know, like what what's making you go out for, you know, for, for look, looking for a new vendor? Yeah. You know, and it could be says, well, you know, we have to do it. Says, okay, I understand. Um, you know what? And then you can go and take a different tack. If they, if you find out that they really are just checking a box, yeah. Then it maybe says, okay, well, does it really matter what I quote you? Are you, you know, pretty much going to go? You know, is it really a cheapest price thing, or what are the other factors that might win me the business? Yeah. And um, it, it, one thing I was thinking about with that is, um, is you really have to when you have to find out the things that are really like hot hot reasons to get excited right so when they say how are you doing this now we were using the same company for 10 years they just went out of business or we were using the same company for a while and um last year we had so many quality control issues we have to find a new vendor or yes um, or yes our we have um our sports and and athletics department buys a lot of things from the sports and athletic shop but when we requested a quote for some of these other items they cut they kind of said that wasn't what they do. Maybe right. maybe they're looking for full color t-shirt prints and they're only a screen printer that they're kind of, you know, they they stop at six colors. Yeah. Maybe, you know, that's kind of the max they do. Anything beyond that, they're not set up, so they turn that business away. Yep. And you've got like a DTG or a digital heat effect system. You could do full color. That's why you've got this opportunity. Yeah, so, there, there are like four <laughs> things you just said that would cause me to be excited because now you've identified opportunity yeah. where you might be able to leverage yourself into the business. So the more information that you get up front, the more likely you are to win, you know, to, to get a new customer. So the, the fir- yeah, the first one, um, so the first question should be, you know, um, as we mentioned, you know, who's making the decision, right? Yeah. And then the second question we said so far is, um, like, how, how, did you say even how they're going to make the decision yet? No. Did we talk about that? No, so I know no. that's on the list, but but the second one we said was then, um, how are they doing it now? Right. And then, so I think next is, how are they going to make the decision? Yes, right? I agree. Um, so talk about that. Yeah, so, what do you think? so if, you know, if somebody says, so there's two questions here. So one of them is, what I mean by how are you going to make a decision? What I really mean to say is, how is a decision going to be made? Mm-hmm. So what's the process for like what happens? I'm going to give you a quote, then what happens? Yeah, we know step one is they call out. They call. Yeah, out. you're you're looking for a price. Yep. Uh, you know, are you going to ask for samples? You know, what is what is your process? So do you get pricing and then order samples and compare quality? You know, what do you do? You take the prices in a stack and you go up to the president of the university and he goes through them and just picks the lowest number. You know, specifically, like, both physically, how is that decision made? What's the process? And um, who's going to make it in the end? So you can be prepared in advance because if you ask that question, if you ask um, how, you know, what's the process for making a decision, then you'll start to identify the people that are going to be involved. Yeah, and take notes on all this stuff. Yeah. And we've talked about um, having a CRM, just as a side note, right. um, on other episodes. So having a place where you can take all these notes. You should ask all these questions and note them. You know, vigorously with every detail you can. Yeah. So you can really analyze it. Yeah, so who's going to be involved in, you know, what's the process? And who's going to be involved in that process? So if, for example, you know, you're, there's the purchasing manager and you're talking to the purchasing manager, Mm -hmm. and you're looking up the purchasing manager on LinkedIn, 
you know, and Facebook to see if you're connected in some way at all. Um, you find out that it's going to go to a, you know, to the, um, I don't know, the head purchasing yeah, manager. Yeah, yeah, some some sort of, some sort of levels of management. Yeah, levels of management. So you want to identify all those people if you can and what they do so you can figure out different ways to appeal to them. For example, if you're going to need to submit a sample and that's part of the process, well, now you, you know, you can submit a sample with the university logo on it. But if you look and you find out the purchasing manager went to school there for um, philosophy, yeah, you know, then you can do a university um, T-shirt with the philosophy department. Philosophy department. You know, yeah. if if you know that the that it's going to go to the um, sports committee, you know, because they decide on all the apparel at the university or the college or wherever it is, then you're going to find out. Well, okay, so the sports committee here are the two people in it. They both played football. Yeah. So now I'm going to do something, you know, I'm going to tailor my sample. So you're looking for these little areas of differentiation and you need this, this information in order to get those. Yeah. And, and it's also comes into the um, information. Like if they mentioned quality control was an right. issue, which is why they're looking to possibly change a vendor now is because last year was a quality control. So if you can find out what that, what that was, say um, I sell and in the question may go like this. Okay. Great, I sell apparel from t-shirts that go for kids' birthday parties that are basically throwaway shirts that yeah. people wear like once and then they wear them as smocks to paint. Yeah. Um, all the way up to premium, you know, Nike polos that are, you know, $80 a piece. So I, I sell this level. What was it about the quality control that you guys, that wasn't satisfactory. Right. And they'll, they'll just say what it was. It might be something, you know, great that, you know, you can easily fix. Like, yeah. oh, the design was just poor. You know, yeah. the colors weren't right. The, it washed the, out after one and, wash. Yeah, or the, the digitizing and the embroidery was a poor quality. None yeah. of the shirts, all the shirts were puckered on our embroidery. You can find that out. Or they might say all the shirts shrunk. Right. You know, so you know this information and right away, you know, the level of apparel you have to sell. Right. If they say, yeah, we had Adidas shirts last year and the um, and just the quality of the embroidery wasn't as nice as we wanted to, you know that you can go ahead and, qu and quote them, you know, an Adidas, a Nike, and maybe a generic similar option right. if you want to give them a few options. And then you can, you know, note in there like a quality guarantee. Yeah. You know, or, or, or a, a wash guarantee, you know, if, if, the, if the design puckers after a wash, you know, I know how to embroider it correctly, and, things like and, that. And I like that. If they do kind of identify, like if you ask them about how the decision is going to be made or what's most important to you is another mm -hmm. way to say that is, you know, if somebody says quality or you've already identified that as an issue, you can kind of guide their process too and ask them the question says, well, I offer a lot of, I offer a variety of different price points of shirts. Are you going to ask all of the people that submit quotes to send you a sample so you can verify the quality? Yeah, so you well, actually can in, in, maybe encouraging yeah. the sampling process is something that can benefit you. And you're also saying that if he wasn't already going to do that, then they are now. Yeah. Because you've identified quality as being very important. The only way that they're going to be able to know that is if they get a sample and you're the person that introduced that. Yeah, right. and too often what happens in um, in any business, and this isn't just you know for us, but when it's 
when you're not used to doing this or you're new into sales or you're a bit of an amateur um, on in a small business world, what happens is somebody calls you up and asks for a price and you just give, give, them, it to them. give them some sort of a price, right. whatever it might be, and you have no clue what they're looking for. So, um, you know, your favorite, most popular shirt might be a t-shirt that's like a $5 shirt, right? Yeah. Which is on the higher end of cost for a blank shirt. Right. But that's your favorite shirt, that's the one you like to sell. Your customers love it the most. Yeah. However, this particular customer might be trying to find that throwaway type of a t-shirt. They're just right. trying to find something, you know, very inexpensive yeah. for a short run. What can I get a short run that's just a really low price? Right. Um, so you've got to kind of find exactly what they're looking for before you throw out that price and, yeah. and, and and before you throw out a quote period that's and, kind of the bottom and, line and, and even if they if even if they do identify the decision is just going to be made on price which is that first guy that you described calling yeah that's what they're going to tell you is I'm just looking for the lowest price then you should say that back to them so you're asking me to to quote you on the cheapest shirt that I can possibly find and decorate it with your logo in the cheapest possible way. And that's what your decision is going to be based on, is how cheap I can find a shirt and how cheap I can make it. And if yeah. the answer is yes, and you're listening to this podcast, odds are you're not going to win. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there, always someone that will sell a cheaper shirt. There's always someone always, who sell, that will sell a cheaper shirt. And, and also, um, you know, this is so much dependent on, on your area. I mean, you should really, at this point in time, if you don't yet, you need to know who's your competition in the area typically, who's got big accounts. You know, if you go and you stop into shops that have storefronts, um, or maybe they don't have a storefront, but they're in a warehouse, and you go and you visit these shops, you take a look at it, you just find things out. Yeah. You find information. If you go out to networking events, you find out who do they use. If you're hearing a shop a few times, and you find out, well, okay, this shop has you know a 12-color automated heat press in a 150,000 square foot yeah, warehouse, yeah, yeah. and they typically bid on these large jobs. Well, if it's a single one-color design, you know, or something like, like you're right. It's going to be tough for you to compete with that. Yes. Compared to when you know the, you know that they want a high quality, they want high color, short run. That's why they're calling is because yeah. we need to get 50 shirts. They're going to be different every week, and they're going to have they're going to be pictures of things. They're going to be yep. digital images. So we need 50 shirts a week for the next five years. Right. You, that's how you're, you need that information to know if you can right. even compete. Right. Because if, you know, another scenario is, you know, going back to, you know, let's say it's it's a utility that wants polos for its employees mm -hmm. and you have a single head embroidery machine and no way to outsource it, you know, so you don't have that relationship. If someone comes to you and wants, you know, a huge number of polos with their logos on it and matching hats and they want it delivered within six weeks. You know, you can do the math very quickly and find out, am I realistically going to be able to do that? And then you can decide right there not to spend the time trying to um, sort of micro analyze the cost of your hourly rate and how much you're gonna make on the shirt and how many stitches it is. Try to figure out how long it is because you know just in general, I'm not ready for that job yet. Yeah, and another thing, this is also an opportunity for you to if you're not currently if you don't currently have an outsourced relationship when a job doesn't fit what you can do and that's not yeah. always necessarily the quantity 
of the garment, but the right. type of print that it is. Um, this is your. This is also an opportunity for you to go out and try to find a partner to outsource with. Yeah, that's true. Because I'll tell you, in in the years being in this industry, absolutely there are customers who came who bought equipment from us. The reason they bought equipment from us was because they were doing jobs, really big jobs for, say, the, the local school district yeah. or something like that. They didn't own any equipment. Yeah, They had the opportunity to bid. Yeah, They went and they got a bid. They marketed up the percent that they felt was, was good enough yeah. for them to do business. And they ended up winning the bid. And now they're coming to purchase equipment later, maybe because when they do the short runs, they can't bid it out to that place. They can't right. shop it around. They need short run stuff, but they're still going to outsource. Or they're looking to get a couple of, you know, uh, you know two two heads and two single head embroidery machines because they're yeah. ready to bring it in-house. Right. So um, use this opportunity to hone up your your skills on outsourcing, outsourcing if you haven't done it yet even if you don't get the bid it's a great opportunity to go out there get the quote write it up and get yeah. some experience doing it and and i, I like i kind of like that word fit because mm -hmm. where you can i mean it's great it, it's great to be asked to the dance yeah you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's it's wonderful to be nominated um but you really want to make sure before you take on a large opportunity you know, part of that, that process that we're talking about where you're talking on the phone with somebody or you're exchanging emails with somebody, you're asking all of these questions, this is kind of an interview process for both of you to see if you're a good fit. Because what you don't want is you don't want to get a job from a large organization and then not be able to fill it properly. You know, because really, you know, it'll do a couple of things. It'll kill your cash flow, and yep. it could really hurt your reputation in the community. Especially if you're in a, you know, if you're in a small or mid-sized town, and everybody works for the utility. Yeah. And you screw up that job, says, oh, geez, you did this job. I washed that shirt once, and it came right out. Yeah, yeah. If the, if the, if the local paper factory is in is in yeah. your, you know, within a hundred mile radius and a hundred mile radius and. 20% of the people work there, yeah. and then you've got the opportunity to bid for this job. Yeah. You know, um, you need to do everything that we that we said above, and there's nothing wrong with realizing when it's also time to turn it, turn it down. Yeah, You know, there's one large yeah. screen print shop, you call that company up, now let me try to outsource this. So you call the company up and, and maybe it's not, the, oh, this quote, sound, this order sounds familiar. Yeah. You know, then you kind of put two and two together. Everybody in town got this quote. Yeah, right? yeah. And then, uh, and then you okay, you know, and you contact them back, you know, um, you know, I see you you might be working with a couple of these organizations or something like that. I think this is a better fit, or you just kind of you refer it out to somebody else, yeah. and you just you pass it along, and you say, but you know, this is please what keep I me can on your, do. yeah, keep me on your list, by the way. You yeah, know I mean, definitely call me next time as well. Yeah, and take all of these as an opportunity to sell something else to this organization that would be a great fit for you so if you get the quote in and you're doing you are a you know you've got a dg one dtg printer you know one heat press you know one one embroidery machine you know whatever whatever it is you're a fairly smaller shop and you get an order in that's huge right right so you go through all these steps you maybe try to outsource it a bit and quote it out and you find out you're not going to get the, you're not going to yeah. get it or you just find out that you're not you don't want to take this business. Yeah, it's, it's not, not, the right it's not fit. a good fit. You know, I can't outsource to anybody reasonably for the cost that I, that that they're looking for. Um, which by the way is another thing to just ask. Ask them if they have a price they're trying to reach. Yeah. Well, sometimes they'll just tell you. Yep. Um, but after that, 
now you pitch, hey, who else there, you already know, you know, who else there makes decisions on yeah. these things. And then you can turn around and say, you know what, I can't do this job for you. I'd like to respectfully decline this because it really doesn't fit what my niche is, the products yeah. that I do. However, what I would love to do is send out a sample of some of the things I am great at yeah, and I some kind that. of pricing on that and send you a couple samples and I see you know so and so and so and so also make decisions I'd like to send a little kit maybe to each of you yeah and if you've done some good research ahead of time like you mentioned yeah you know if you don't want to custom you can tailor samples. you can do some tailor stuff so if you are the small shop and you get the big opportunity yeah um, if you're the really big shop and, or you're getting to be a big shop, you've got a lot of different equipment, you've got multiple heat presses, what yeah. type of, and you can handle this stuff, then this is your time to shine and and you've got to outpace everyone else. Yeah, and you still need to go through this process, by yes, the way. You, if you're this a is huge the most shop, this is like, this is even more important for you yeah. because you need to make sure that you're a good fit. You know, so, so you keep getting these kinds of opportunities. So, you know, what we're talking about is, again, is how to deal with big opportunities that come in. The difference between dealing with um, a potentially large account and the typical, typical kind of small and mid-sized account that you might be uh, dealing with. When you're not dealing with the decision maker the first time, you get them on the phone. Yeah. So perfectly appropriate. You get the call, you get the email, you get an email, it's an RFQ for a large opportunity. Um, you pick up the phone and talk to them, say, hey, listen, before I quote you on this, which I'm excited about doing, uh, I'd love to ask you a few questions and make sure that my company is gonna be a good fit. Mm -hmm. And the guy can't help but say, okay. They're not gonna say, no, I'm not gonna do that. You know, so, and then you, you start down this path. Yep. Says, well, tell me how you do it now. Why are you making a change? How does this decision-making process work? Who else is gonna be involved in making the decision? Um, is there a house favorite already? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're if you're just using me to, because you have to get a quote, I understand, but I'd love an actual chance at getting the business. What do I need to do to do that? Yeah, and then um, you know, what's most important: the quality, the delivery time, the yeah. price, um, the reliability, the the ability to do a specific type of decorating, yes. the ability to have a specific finish. Right. Um, washability is that most important, or is it, or is that not as important as just the quality of the garment? They know that the shirts are going to get beat up, but they want the garment to hold together. Yeah, yeah the design's going to get scratched up no matter what we put on it, but if it shrinks the first time, that irritates a lot of the folks. Yeah, I mean, you may even find out that this big company has been dealing with another big company. They just don't like it. They're not getting yeah. the customer service. It could be customer is, service. Definitely. Yeah, say, so great, your, your headquarters is like five miles from our, our business. I will load those shirts in the back of my vehicle and I will come and deliver them in person. Yeah, you know? and, um, and definitely make, you, you know, maintain a professional type of, with it, it goes without saying, but yeah. maintain a professional demeanor with these organizations. Find out what they're looking for. Okay, um, is this something like, would is this something that you'd like to set an in-person meeting for? Because I do that for other organizations that yeah. I work with as well, where I bring some samples out, I show them to all the folks who are gonna make um, the decision. You know, you have to find this information out. You have to really just know as many facts as you can and any question that pops into your head, you've got to ask it and then ask it again if they don't if they don't you know if the answer they provide you it doesn't really answer it ask it again in a different way but the yeah. information is going to be the key 
for all yeah. of this. So I like that, asking things in a different way. We've kind of restated the same questions in different yeah. ways since the podcast started. But just something like, other than a good price, what do you need from me to help you make a good decision? Other than a good price, what do you need from me to, to help you make a good decision? So what you're saying there, implicitly, I'm going to give you a good price. Yeah. You know, may not be the cheapest price, not going to be the most expensive price, but what else do you need from me? And with this, when you're doing this, it's important to understand and have done some of the homework that we've talked about in previous podcasts. Yeah. But, you know, um, knowing how much it actually costs to run your business, knowing the lifetime value of customers. Yeah. um, and, And factoring your time in as a cost. You know, whether you're paying yourself or however you're doing it, mm-hmm. uh, factoring in your cash flow on what it's going to cost you to bring this in. Opportunity costs. Yeah, so, opportunity you know, if costs. you're if this is going to take you um, 20 hours a week, are you going to pass on other jobs that you would have been doing in those 20 hours? Do you have to bring on extra help to fill this job? Are you going to need to um, maintain the equipment? You've got to think about bringing more supplies in for this job on, a, on an ongoing yeah. basis and keeping that on the shelf. So you have a lot of things to do, you know, especially if this is your first big account. You know, you've got a lot to think about before you just say, oh my God, how cheap can I sell this for? Yeah. Here's my price. And and that's a part of the challenge with the pricing is people ask how to price. Yeah. So the, you have to, every business has to operate within um, a certain percent margin or yeah. a certain percent profit that works for their business, yeah. right? And that's different for everyone. So. Um, you know, on, for Coleman and Company, for example, we've got live people on the phone, live chat. We've uh, we do fast delivery, you know, and everything. It's so, expensive to so do. So it's a, yeah, it's expensive yeah. to do some of those things. So uh, the particular amount that we have to make has to be able to afford to do that, right? Um, and your business has to be able to afford to do that too. Yeah. So if if your business is um, you know, run out of your home and it's just you. Sure. You know, your cost of operation, you've got opportunity there compared to somebody who just opened up a new boutique. Right. Uh, you know, in the mall. So yep. wait, if you go to a mall and the reason why you go to a mall and a t-shirt could be $40 for a single, I mean, there's a store here that $40 for a black shirt with a front and back Yeah. for one of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if, you know, you post that online, on the CAS group and people, that's crazy. Nobody would ever pay that. Well, they're in the mall. Yeah. You know, for one reason, happens all the time. Um, actually, yeah. For one reason, there's a di- there's a different customer there, and the other reason being is they have to be able to make that money to be able to stay in the mall. Yeah. So you've got to determine what margin can you work off of that you can afford to do all the things you want to do that you can afford. And you mentioned opportunity cost, yeah. all that, and then quote on that margin. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what anyone else on a forum says they quote at. It doesn't matter any of those things. This is what you have to do. And if you send that bid out and you put value in it, you may or may not get the business. Yeah. But if you do not get the business because of the price, then well, that's what you needed to make. Yeah, absolutely. You couldn't have, you've couldn't you have dod- done it. You could have dodged a bullet. Yeah. And and I'll, I'll tell you this. I think I've told this story before about, you know, occasionally if, if some of our customers are struggling and they think it's marketing, um, you know, sales will refer them to me and you mm-hmm. to talk to them about ways to market their business and we'll take a look at pricing and everything. And, you know, we're glad to do stuff like that for you guys too. Um, but this one customer had a digital heat effect system and he was in a small town with one big company. And he had gotten this system specifically 
to fill orders for this one big company and a couple of smaller ones. Okay. Um, and there was a screen printer in town that was selling shirts for $8 a piece to this to this company. Well, after we, and, and this guy had been, had gotten some of that business and basically he couldn't make his lease payment. Okay. Right? So he couldn't make his lease payment, which was only about $300 a month. And the reason is, is because he was, he had matched that screen printer's price. So they were doing a one color shirt, selling it for $8. And this, this, this guy was paying like $250 for the shirt and $250 for the transfer. And it took him a certain amount of time to do it. So he was literally breaking even if he did not include his labor. Yeah. You know, in this deal, every time he did it, and he was so frustrated, he couldn't figure out why he wasn't making money. And it's because he priced out the clothing incorrectly. He didn't have the help he need. He didn't have the equipment that he needed to respond specifically to that quote. He didn't call anybody to outsource it looking for a better price. He didn't ask these questions. Yeah. Like, how are you going to make this decision? Well, I'm going to make this decision because I've been buying $7 shirts for the past 15 years. I'm going to keep doing that. Okay. Pass. You know, yeah, he, I can't afford to run. I can't, I can't afford to do that. Money. And, and his bit, but his biggest, biggest mistake was never doing the math before he said yes. So it's not like we want to encourage you not to do these big deals. We want you to be in a position to do them profitably um, where you can say yes confidently knowing that you're going to make some money. And you're not going to be able to do that without doing this upfront work for a big opportunity. Yes. And, and I think that if you start to do this upfront work and you realize that um, with the equipment that I own, it, it, this is right for me. I can do yeah. this. I've been waiting for this. You know, then you need to make sure that you do your, get your math right, get your margin right, get it down because you know that other folks out there are going to go are going to go slim on that margin, especially yeah. if it's really large. So slim that down to where it's still profitable for you and it's worth the be. time yeah. uh, to do it, and then and then go. You know, go hard after that. You know, and let them know that um, you know before you make the final decision. You know, um, you know, could I have the courtesy of a call or letting me know, you know, if, if you're not going to choose me, what that reason might be and if there's anything I can do to remedy that. Because some of the, I've asked you a lot of questions, but some of the things here I'm kind of making, I still have to make assumptions on. Yeah. Because I don't know what else you're getting quoted on. And if you get that opportunity to get that call back and they're going to say, hey, um, you know, we're looking at another company and the reason is it really just, they, they're going to do the same shirt, they're going to do the same thing, except you've got... Um, a $200 setup fee every time we want to redo an order and they said they were going to waive that for us yeah. and you do some math and you say you know what for this customer I'm doing my margin my margin was here yeah. now it's going to be here you know what I'll, I'll do this deal with, yeah. with that and and you get that opportunity yeah. so do that math and know and know that it's probably going to have to be slim but it has to be something that's profitable or maybe you go through this whole process and you and you learn that it's not the price that's really their driving their driving yeah. factor. So everyone else is, is quoting the cheapest thing that they possibly can, but you send them a beautiful, high quality polo shirt with amazing embroidery and a matching cap. You know, with all of that personal kind of information that you found out about everybody, and they just decide to go with you, even though your quote is higher, because it was the quality and no one else asked that question. Yeah, and which is, which is so true, you know, so true. Uh, the the idea with everything in this the the and we're we're 
trained to think that price is everything, yeah. right? Because you that's what billboards are, you know, 99 yeah, yeah, cent yeah. hamburger, 5,000 off MSC, RP on a car, yeah. you know, 0% interest. Everything is that people are trying to, you're trained to see that low price yes. and you're assuming that. Yeah. However, um, there's a lot of high-end car companies that are in business doing very well and in fact better doing better than the cheaper yeah it's not because companies. they sell cheaper cars yeah they're doing better than the cars that yeah. sell cheaper things and we're gonna and we also find that a lot of our customers that are extremely successful yeah um and are being consistently successful for years for years they make sure that they're making money on their deals and they're yeah. not selling shirts and when we talk to somebody they're good at math. and yeah they're good at math they do yeah. math and we talked to somebody who's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm doing these DTG shirts and I sell them for four bucks a piece. <laughs> then we turn around and, and I then think we've I had do, that conversation. Yeah, too. I do math and I'm just like, mm -hmm. so what what's the trick, man? Right. Like, what's, right. The, what's the trick? Because I'm doing the math here and like the most you can make is this. Yeah. What well, do you do for a living? Yeah. You know, that's and, really oh, that's and that's well, that's what I'm getting started, started with. And and again, these are all things. I, oh, actually, one gentleman said I can afford to do them now because I'm I'm not quite breaking even. I make a little bit of money. Okay. But what I'm what I'm doing this for is the opportunity because I'm making tons of connections. And the other okay. shirt, I sell custom shirts, so right. it's lifetime value type of a thing. So that's math too. You know, it's math. You yeah. Lifetime value of the customer. So this isn't just about this. This podcast isn't just about how to do this, but it's right. about you have to understand the things that we've talked about in all of our. Yeah, other we did a, actually a good podcast on. Um, how to beat the competition. Yeah. You know, uh, by being different, not being cheaper. So um, that's a good one to look for. So we've got, and so one more point that I'd like to make mm -hmm. is if you do engage in this process, um, you should always um, schedule a follow-up or know when the next step takes place. So if you've identified the process, you know, you've talked to um, whoever your primary contact is, you found out that it goes through these steps if you have to send samples or not or it just goes to committee or you know the homeowners association has to meet you know whatever it is um that you that you know when you should follow up and you should schedule that i mean it's great it's great when somebody remembers you and they remember to call when a decision makes because they really enjoy giving you bad news you know no most of the time it's going to be um, when are you going to decide i'm going to decide by the time school starts okay great that's september 4th or whatever it is um can I call you on September 6th to go over your decision? Because I'd like to find out if I won and if I didn't, you know, maybe we can, Yeah. maybe I can do better next time. Yeah, that's great. So and schedule every, everything. Okay, you're going to take it to this person? Great. Um, I'm going to call you the next day to find out how that went and just see if there's anything else that I need to do for you. You know, that kind of thing is a good, it's a good process to go through when you're, Going after these bigger deals. Yes, and it's and build you're building rapport with that gatekeeper type of a person yeah. as well is important. That's why I said if they've got walls up, try to break them down because they will have a level of influence on this decision, whatever that might be. Even if it's just they're going to print everything out and they put yours on the top of the pile. I yeah, mean, it could be anything yeah. like that. So we don't know, but um, we can probably. Um, blast through kind of some of these questions again so because yeah. i want everyone to kind of write this down consider this um and make sure that this is uh more than just it's more than just a phone call and a price and yeah and, you, and don't for, and don't forget that because that's, that's not a recipe for winning yeah it's not yeah. It, it isn't so um some things that we add here um so uh, the things you need to know yeah right um 
how are you going to make the decision for what company to go with? Know the, know what the criteria is. Um, what is most important? The quality, the speed, the price, the reliability of the garment, the type of garment that's produced, um, the type of decorating that's being done, right. whatever it is, the options, the ability, whatever <coughs> it are. You have to find out why. what are going to be one or two or three of the key um, decision-making um, points. Yeah. Um, how are they doing it now? They probably are doing it now. Um, or they did it last year or whatever right. it is. How did they do it? How did that decision get made? How happy were they with the results? Yeah, why did you make a change? Yeah. Um, is there currently a house favorite? Right. So are you, um, are, do they just have to get quotes, but they use the same company and they've been using the same company for 25 years? Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, if there is a house favorite, why are they getting quotes? Yeah. You know, and find out why. Um, uh, go ahead and just ask them questions that are bold that you think they might not answer. And and because we had a note here, like who else are you considering? Yeah, I you like know, that. or is there a price? Is there a price you're trying to get to now? Or yeah. is there a price you paid last year that I can, you know, take a look at what what you ordered? Um, do you have an old quote you can send me so I can compare what I can do? Because what I might be able to do is offer you a better value. And that wow. doesn't mean a better price. Yeah, it means a better value. And this and this may or may not be okay for the purchasing agent that you're talking to. So you know, some purchasing agents might say, "I, I can't do that. I'm not allowed to." And some people might say, yeah, no problem. Here you yeah. go. It'll make my life easier because you'll see exactly what we're talking about. Absolutely. And and, and when I worked in sales, I and if I knew they were shopping around, yeah. Um, I definitely would just ask. And I yeah. would say a good, I mean, almost half the time, if yeah. not more, oh yeah, I don't have a problem doing that. Yep. You know, a lot of people don't might don't mind uh, throwing the chum in the water and watching the sharks go around. <laughs> so they don't buy, oh yeah, I'll send you my quote I, and I, I'm gonna send you theirs too, by the way. You know, yours too, by the way, okay. All right, let's do it then. That's my that's, you know. that's my second least favorite analogy. <laughs> What's your your first the biker? It's the biker is walking to the biker bar and you see a I girl. Don't, I don't know if I came up with that one. No, you did. It wasn't me out of the. No, no, no. It was um, the the gentleman, the the marketing and uh, and cop. No, not copyright trademark. Okay. Wasn't it his example? I think it was. I think it was yours. We'll go back and listen. Okay. Um, <laughs> but so so, they so will like that. Yeah. So go the ahead. next one is is you know you have to know um, how the decision makes. It, the decision-making process works. Yeah. And just ask them that and then let them tell you. Um, I decide. Um, we get all the quotes and we throw them up in the air and we pick one that's on top. Yeah. Uh, we go for the cheapest one. No, so like is it you that's that's saying yes or no? Or, you know, do you have to, do you have to, you know, does it go to a purchasing agent? Does it go to the department head? You know, can you kind of break that down for me how that happens? Yes. and. Um, and then uh, when will the decision be made? Yeah, Find out when it's going to be made so you can make the phone call, the follow-up, whatever it would be. And then uh, one additional thing we didn't mention that it popped in my head, though, yeah. was uh, if this is coming over the phone or via email, if you can ask for an in-person interview with all of or more than one yeah. of, or the, the decision makers, you've got an opportunity to impress them yeah. and an opportunity to, because oftentimes, yeah, decisions aren't, Again, decisions aren't always made on price. Yeah. And sometimes decisions are made on price, but then you get to change the game of kind of what what the standard is. Right. Right? So um, the cheapest thing that they could absolutely do would be to, you know, not buy t-shirts 
and just like get <laughs> right, markers right. and write it on the guy's yeah. the guy's chest for the football game, right? That doesn't exist, right? Yeah. They actually they have shirts. Well, they don't actually have shirts in a, in a football game. They have jerseys. They don't actually have jerseys. They've got specific types of jerseys, yeah. with, right? So it's like there's levels up. So and you've got the opportunity to go in there and kind I, of change the game. I love that because if you get to talk to more people in the process. You may get the directive from the person that you first talked to that sent out the RFQ that they're just looking for the cheapest shirt. And then if the question to the next person up the chain is, now, so so far I've been instructed to quote the cheapest thing that I can find to put your logo onto. Is that really what you are after? Because I can do that. Yeah. But I had some other ideas. You know, um, and that person might say, what are you talking about? So if they, if the second person in line says quality is really important, then all of a sudden, everyone that purchasing agent talked to beforehand is now kind of out. Yeah. Because you're going to quote them on a higher quality shirt, and everybody's going to know that it's not going to be the cheapest. Yes. And also, another really important thing to ask is, um, is what is the budget? Right. Do they have that's a budget good. that they have to Silly. hit? Um, that's such a simple one. But what's the budget? What are you guys trying to? What are you? What are you trying to spend? Right. Um, and they might turn around and just they might say a number that might turn you off right away, or they might. Just, send you a number that you're like, you know what? I could do some really awesome stuff with this budget. Yeah. And then in, in the quote, you quote them the shirts, but you also quote them some hats or some koozies yeah. or some coolers or other promotional items you might sell that still fit within the budget as add-ons. Yeah. And then they choose you, not necessarily because the shirts were the best price right. uh, or the caps were the best price, but you're the one that also offered like the, the can coolers or, yeah. or whatever it was, tote bags. And they just automatically pick you because, oh, let's go with this company because they also do this and this too. And and I would not, I mean, that's a great point. I wish we would have done it sooner because most of the people that are listening to this podcast have already stopped listening by now. You know, usually we get about 20 minutes in and then that's when they drop off. So we save all well, the good then, stuff for last, just so you know. Yeah, just for the good people. Um, but but it's <laughs> even, if you, even if you do get somebody that requests a quote on price and that's how the decision is going to be made, um, but you do decide to participate anyway because you can handle that deal, don't be shy about amending the quote and adding those extra things as well because maybe they weren't thinking about getting hats mm -hmm. or maybe they hadn't considered koozies and coolers or maybe that's part of a separate process that you're not being offered because you have t-shirt in your name so you might have a bigger opportunity or an opportunity at more maybe they were they'd really love to deal with one person that can do all these things so you get a request for t-shirts and you also, by the way, put a couple of prices down for caps, for koozies, for bags, for the other stuff that you're good at. Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit higher margin still. And uh, and you might end up with that deal back. Yeah. And it's that. great. And and then don't forget at the very end, if you if you feel that you can't you can't do the job or the job is not a fit for you, yeah. take this opportunity to um, you know, Here's outsource the other to another do. company. Here's yeah. the other things that I do. Can I outsource this job? Can I, is there a company that I can like kind of be an affiliate for? Right. Or if I get them the job, then they'll pay me a percent for the yeah. sale. Um, do I just straight out deny it, but then try to go in for other, for other opportunities in the future that might exist right now? Yeah. Um, so, so don't let, don't let the say, Ooh, there's no way I'm going to get this bid. 
turn into a disappointment and a failure of your business, right. turn it into an opportunity to either learn how to outsource, learn how to affiliate, or learn how to upsell to a customer that might not have thought about something. Before. Love that, because if you yeah. can establish a relationship there, then you've got a relationship with a big organization that maybe you can't help now, but you will be able to help in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I like so that. Plant the seeds. So, um, so what I like about this episode, I think, is that um, we're, or let's let's say the points that I would like people to take away from it. Okay. Are um, when you get a big opportunity, slow down. Right. You don't want to react to it immediately. You know what you want to do is collect as much information as possible, like we described. So you can you can think about the opportunity, look for ways to give yourself the best advantage. Um, in order to get that opportunity, um, but get the information one way or the other in the end so you can decide yes or no, whether or not I actually want to go after mm -hmm. it. And then, you know, what's your best strategy to win? And don't, um, and if you do decide to go to social media or forums or Facebook and ask groups how they would do it and you get answers, remember that there are tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people that do this, that quote on this type of work, even if they're not in your industry, millions of people. Yeah. And four people are going to respond. And if two of them are discouraging, well, let them be the ones that lose. Yeah. You listen to podcasts like this, do other research online, whatever you can. If you get a couple of that, um, a couple people that said, oh yeah, I got such and such company, which is similar in my area. Yeah, that's And I great. did the shirts for this dollar amount. And you look at that and you're like, I can never sell it for that. That's right. not within. Okay, well, there. That's not the company you're bidding on. That's right. not your area. Yeah. You know, so don't let, never let online forums uh, blow you up too much. Yep. Don't let them shrink you down too much. Yeah. Just if you choose to go there, use them as a tool. Uh, everything that we said, use it as a tool. Yeah. Put all the knowledge together and go for it because you're the only one that can win that deal. Yep. It's your business. Yep. I think that was good. All right, very good then. Well, I think we it's time to wrap it up. Uh, encourage people to do, let's encourage people to do some things. Okay, first of all, I would just okay. like to say that this episode has been sponsored by yeah. um, the new Embroidery Grip. Oh, from yes. Coleman & Company. Yeah, which, cool. uh, we, yeah, uh, we now cool. have the ability to, um, to there's, a, there's a, a hooping device that will allow you to grab a sneaker again and uh, customize the sneaker. Yeah. So if you are an embroiderer and you're up against that big deal, then maybe you can offer some embroidered sneaks and that will be, um, and that that will be, be a winner that'll for be the you. That will so. take you out, take you to the next level. Uh, yesterday, um, or Dave, well, whatever, past few days um, of messing around with it, but I went in there and I, um, I embroidered a shoe and then yeah. I unclipped it and I put a uh, baby bib Okay. And then I did that, and I right. unclipped that, and I put a tote bag on, right? And unclipped that, and then I put a uh, karate belt on, okay? And unclipped that, and so I did four designs in a row, back to back from each other, just switching out the design. And all I did with the hoop was just make adjustments to the width, how yeah. wide the design was, yeah. And that was it. So it's a really cool device, and uh, it's really well made too. Yeah, you should you know? look at it. Okay. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. This has been Mark Stevenson from Coldesi and uh, Mark Vila from Coleman and Company. You guys have a good business. Woo! Woo!